Welcome to another episode of the Black Tower Podcast, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Andrew. I am allegedly the Bajan Mahel, but you can't prove it in court. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> I am Josh, your Sorovan Mahel, the Mahel of the Storms. And I am Daniel, your Amonkhan Mahel. You can prove that in court. I'm very proud of it. I'll admit it to you. Uh, I love it. I love it. Fair enough. It's good. It's it's a oh, good, we're back. it's a good night. It's a good night. It generally is. As tonight's gonna be a good night. So, uh, as you're listening to this, we are what three weeks. Yes, if you are listening to this live, um, oh, helps if I look at the right month. Yes, if you're listening to this live on YouTube on the eighth of April, that's twenty twenty-two. Live on YouTube. I mean, what you know what I mean? <laughs> Shut up. I do. <laughs> I think of every time like I put them out there publicly as them going live, but they're not actually live. Yeah. I know what I meant you said. <laughs> anyway, yes. if, you're, if you're watching this on YouTube on the 8th of April, we are only two weeks away from JordanCon. We hope to see you there. We're looking forward Jordan to Con, being there. Jordan it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, we got know it going on in JordanCon. They were doing some ticket swaps uh, as of the point you're listening to this publicly. Uh, that is now over. That had to be done by the 31st of March. So if you missed out on that or couldn't find one, we're sorry. Uh, but WatCon's coming up in July. So you can try to hang out and meet up with everybody at WatCon in July. And you can always take and follow JordanCon on their social medias uh, to get all the alerts when tickets become available for 2023. Um, yeah. I felt like I was going in a direction there, and then my brain was just like, yeah, we're going to forget the directions. Well, to be fair, one of those directions can be, uh, if anyone's listening live, and they're not going ahead and going to JordanCon yet, uh, we have three tickets that we're not going to need, so we're probably going to put them up on the JordanCon website to swap out. So take a look over there. Probably tomorrow. Oh, is that how they're doing it? Actually, yeah, you can post on. There's a. There's apparently there's an exchange, Facebook exchange. I'm gonna put the link in the live chat right now. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, we are still going, by the way. Like, yes, we are still. Oh going. yeah, yeah. Sorry. There's a reason that we don't need our tickets. We will still be there. Looking for yeah. a badge or someone to take yours? There's a face group. A group, a, face, a, face group. Faces. a group for your faces. There'll be a group of faces for that. And yes, the Grey Aja is once again correct in her astute assessment. So Yeah, we got lucky this year. Um, so that's pretty dope. Um, but yeah, so if anybody listening live right now that you are... All the shenan shenanigans I've pulled, so... They let us in. 
Well, they, they, they figured that you paid enough by traveling, uh, you know, a fictional a airline that Airlines? if I just had to make up a name for something like Spirit Airlines, you paid yeah, it enough. seems like a good hypothetical. Yeah. Uh, but if you're listening live right now here in the uh, here in Patreon chat and you want to go, but you missed out on getting a ticket or something like that, go ahead and let us know. Uh, and we will go ahead and get started getting that switched over to you. Because, again, the deadline is the 31st of March. So if you or someone you love or if someone that you, someone you love don't would like a Jordan Con well, pass. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if you or someone let us you know. love has been diagnosed yeah, we'll probably, with epithelioma, you could be we'll probably post it. Yeah, We'll probably post it uh, tomorrow in the, the Facebook group or whatever the case is. And by we, I mean, probably pawn it off on Josh. Because it's Facebook. It is. It is Facebook. True. Well, I anyway, the book of um, faces. for other things that you can get from the Black Tower that is not our now extra tickets for JordanCon, head on over to blacktowerpod.com. It's where you can find all the merchy stuff. You can find the Patreon. You can find the Discord. You can find episodes. And you can find a link to our fantastic sponsor, the Crystal Barista. Your one-stop shop for all things rock, mineral, gem, G-E-M, not J-I-M. I mean, maybe, maybe there's a gem in the process somewhere, but... There's a gym who loves know. gems who goes to the gym somewhere. Well, maybe Jim hunting for gems is his gym. Or that's his jam. Uh, Jim's jam made... is gem hunting in the gym. I've never made jam from Ammonites. <laughs> I feel like it's going to taste bad. Jim's jam is jam hunting while eating jam on toast. Hmm. I'm just going to let this one go. One could even say it was his job. Jim's jam is his job. Well, jam hunting for. No. (laughs) No? You don't want to see how far we can go with this? No. (laughs) I'm just wondering. What decision I made in life <laughs> led me to exactly when, this point. When you go to blacktowerpod.com, you will notice in the top dead center merch shop. We have two merch shops. We have Spreadshirt is one, and it's got a lot of really cool things on there. And then we also have a truly amazing merch shop. In New Creations by Jen. Now, you should definitely go to New Creations by Jen and get our merch because it's awesome. And you've got to wear it at uh, JordanCon and come up and show us that you're wearing our merch and get some swag because that's how this works. But if you decide that you like other... <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 dirt beard. Sir, I come to you. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure they have that size at New Creations by Jen. Uh, if, she... if Jabba the Hut size is 4XL, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay i'm gonna get through this i promise uh the new creations by jen actually does a number of merch sites for a number 
of content creators, Wheel of Time content creators. And it's not only just clothes, but it's also cups. She's got the Frosty Mug collection there. They do the Frosty Mugs. We also do, uh, we've got a couple of shot glasses there. Um, it's a it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. So happening. go to go. New Creations by Jen. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be great. Um, Crystal yes, Barista. Two River Sniper. Yep. That's one of ours. Take the shot. Take the shot. And you can be two rivers. And you become, wise. <laughs> forget wise. You become a two river sniper by attending the Althor School of Archery. Another shirt that we have. What is that? Or last week. Reference to? Go look at that video. Yeah. Oh, weird. Huh. Queen it's just all else. connected. It's all but connected. speaking of the things it's like that circle. are not coinkydinks. Uh, I, and I didn't really have a good segue there. I don't know where Andrew. that was going, but to make sure this is what we pay you for. What the <laughs> fuck was that segue? I get paid. <laughs> you guys are getting paid <laughs> uh, <laughs> to make sure everybody is safe and protected as we move into what you might actually be here for the Wheel of Time topic discussion. Here oh, is right. yours, Erler Wernin. Welcome to the Black Tower, a Wheel of Time podcast. Maybe. All right, let's check here. Sometimes. Okay. This podcast episode will be spoiling books one through. I mean, let's be honest here. Whatever Josh lets slip. So how about you pull that spoiler condom all the way on? Anyway, quit your whining. The last book came out in 2012. He was actually a ghost. And Rosebud was the name of his sled for creator's sake. I forgot to change my output device in uh, in voice mod again, so I had no idea if it was actually playing or not. You good? So it was. I'm professional, guys. I've done this done this for four years and never make a mistake anymore. Because like that high quality studio quality we got going on, and you yeah. keep coming back. What we do? But wait, Daniel, wait, if that. Spoiler condom is Oscar worthy. Does that mean I can just slap more shots? You can just slap it on, just right across the face. <laughs> so it's cold yeah. blooded, man. It's cold blooded. That's mm. Mm. hey, hey, wheel of time, wheel of time. It's okay. My facts <laughs> out your fucking <laughs> mouth. Okay, I mean, if you slap more shot, he's just gonna wake up in the morning with fresh prints. Oh. No! <laughs> but anyway, what's our topic? Oh, there, wait, is that is that the next uh, merch thing that we need? Is keep my eyes to die's name out your mouth. out oh. your goat out your flaming mouth out your goat kissing oh. mouth? I love it. Oh my god! I... Okay, yeah, that's going up. That's going. Okay. That's the right. thing. That's happening. All right, guys. What are we actually talking about? Because we're not talking about the Oscars. We're not talking about any of that. In fact, the Oscars. We're we're not even talking about Aes Sedai. Well known for this shit. Everybody in the world knows what the Oscars are, unfortunately. And a lot of them found out about, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. Andrew, what is happening? <laughs> All right. 
Uh, anyway, we are talking about the Eyes Said Dies tails side of the coin. The White Tower is the head. This is the tails side. They're basically <laughs> the same thing, but they're very, very much different. Okay, Josh has some uh, some shit to say in a minute. I'm just going to tell you what it is. We're talking about... We're, we're, we're two minutes talking... into the explanation of the topic, and I'm pretty sure Josh is already borderline aneurysm. Right? I I don't I don't like the I don't I don't like the comparison there. Sorry. Right. We're talking about the kin. Yes, it's the kin. The the not so Isodai. Yeah. We're not talking about like Alabama style kin. Yes. No, no. not that kin. Yeah. We're talking about so Though, let's be honest. Some of them would probably be down. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, the kin are the kin are women who can channel, who are not uh, bound by the oaths, because according, well, see this gets this gets a little funky right now because most of them or all of them are either escapees from the tower or they were put out from the white tower after they tested and failed or some such thing. Therefore, um, having never been raised to Aes Sedai, they were never forced to swear oaths yeah. on the oath rock. Yeah, some of them were just people that they ran, and they ran so far away. But they couldn't quite get away. All night and day, in fact. I couldn't get away. Um, they are women who can channel. Um, they, are, they are a group of women who kind of banded together to be like, Let's stay off the Aes Sedai's radar. Let's disappear into the night. Let's live our lives without Aes Sedai checking up on us. Because a lot of them have some pretty... Uh, oh, what's the right word for... A lot of them are pretty like off, you know, off-put by the Aes Sedai. They got a, left a bad taste in their mouth. They're, not, they're very jaded. Thank you. They have a very jaded outlook. Of Aes Sedai, and I can't say I blame them. Uh, actually, that is that's not even totally true. Grayaja brings up a good point. I was I did say a lot of them. I don't think that's true. I think that a lot of them actually have a reverence for the Aes Sedai. Uh, they just don't want to be dragged back to the tower, or you know brought back into the fold of the Aes Sedai or anything because either as stated they are runaways because they were like this shit is too hard and I can't go through it and I'm done and I need to be out uh, or they never actually passed their Aes Sedai test right. at which point they actually a number of them definitely as stated want desperately to be Aes Sedai they want actually to be part of the tower, but they just have reasons that they can't. Sure. A hundred percent. And and that I suppose maybe, oh yeah, yeah, maybe I'm just wrong. Okay. I don't really You're have anything wrong. to back it up. <laughs> no, I I actually I I love in I love when the kin 
and Elaine are like talking with each other. And, and the kid actually represents part of our conversation um, with the Oathrod a couple weeks back. So if you've not seen that episode, you need to go back and watch that episode and then come back. Um, but or you can watch it after. Or you can watch it after. That's cool too. Um, but it's it's fun because the Aes Sedai are like, oh yeah, we know about the kin. There's like what 20 of them. <laughs> and the kin is like, at first they're like mortified. They're mortified. They're like, oh, they know about us. Oh god. And then and then the Aes Sedai are like, there's like what, like 20 of them? And then the kin go, <laughs> cool. Guess you don't know everything. Uh... Try multiplying that by uh, roughly <laughs> 90. Right. <laughs> Hundreds of women rotating their time. And here's the, and this is the other brilliance of the kin. Like they realize that, you know, they're like, what, a couple hundred years old. Um, you know, they've, they've had the slowing, right? And uh, I love when the Aes Sedai are like, so who are you? What's your name? And they're like, oh, this is my name. And they're like, uh, that's impossible. That person was put out of the tower 200 years ago. And they're like, bitch, I'm standing right here. <laughs> and that's, and that's what leads to the, yes, I remember I, I was there. I remember that day. Don't recite the deep magic to me. I was there when it was written. But no, it was just kind of an interesting thing. The kin had such a good organization. Um, that they thousand years flew ago. under the radar. They large they flew largely under the radar for a very long time. For I mean, up until Elaine kind of blew the lid off the whole thing. Well, I think uh, initially, like what the tower knew about them, but it was like a thirteenth depository style secret. Yeah, that, you know, essentially the Omerlin knew, the keeper knew, and there were probably I think there were some sitters that knew, if not all the sitters. But by and large, the tower didn't know because. Even, even the tower for the past, you know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand years realized essentially what Egwene realizes and puts in place, you know, as we're coming up to the last battle that, no, we want everybody that can't, every, every woman that can channel to be tied to the tower in some way, shape or form. Yeah. None of this. Uh, calling yeah. our own. Cause I mean, yes. I mean, Egwene single-handedly proved how useful it is. I mean, she literally repelled uh, uh, well did as best as she could as a solo person and did remarkably well repelling a Shanchen attack being essentially as far as tower training is concerned only trained up through the accepted level um, but you know obviously having skills and learning stuff that is definitely into the realm of Aes Sedai being barely able to channel uh, and linking with novices who have little to no training in repelling an attack so uh this is one of the things that the White Tower did that I actually kind of like. That they're like, look, we'll kind of like subtly kind of like feed you information and like kind of when we when we kick somebody out, we'll kind of push them in the right direction. And then you can evaluate them and see if they're going to be able to pull the standards and all that other bullshit, um, which actually isn't bullshit for that because they're, they're really smart about the way they go about it. Right. Um, because their uh, their whole philosophy on bringing new people in is they have to have a they have to know that the person they're bringing in is guaranteed to accept it. Like they would rather miss out on a few members than risk you know people finding out about their existence. Uh, because as far as the kin knows, the White Tower doesn't know. 
Right. But the White Tower being the White Tower is like, you know, feeding them kind of hints and information uh, through the eyes and ears and that kind of stuff. Now, and there was something, um, there was something I thought I heard about it is that the kin from time to time would turn runaways back and send them back to the tower just to kind of, or is, am I misremembering that? Um, I think Am I mandalaing myself? No, I mean, I think they would as long as the runaway didn't know about the kin yet. If they was just yes, thought it was like, you know, it. just a just a nice lady telling them. But but yeah, uh, Morshadi pointed out that generally what they would do is if the runaway wouldn't go back or they just had the runaway, they would move the runaway somewhere and keep them separate from the rest of the organization until they were confident that the Aes Sedai weren't actually looking for them. But mm. Um, but yeah, Morshadi just pulled out the quote. Thanks. Yes. Um, so they there had uh, they had women that stayed in Tarvalon that they rotated out, you know, here and there too, called the guides. They'd be the ones that you know would, they were basically spotters, uh, forward observers that would look for, you know, the the girls or the women that were put out of the tower or maybe even ran away from the tower and would kind of like watch and evaluate and kind of maybe guide them in a space where there was more of the kin around. And then they could assess and be like, okay, can we bring this person into the fold or not? So, I mean, they basically made... reward level here? Yeah. Um, I I would not want to do the risk assessment for all this shit. That the fuck's that? Um, (laughs) But essentially, because, like, yeah, you have all of these people that go to the White Tower, they find out they can channel, they're like, okay, then they start kind of like Egwene does, and they're like, okay, cool, I'm going to get to be an Aes Sedai, like, this is really cool, and this is everything they're going for. And then one day they're just hit with the you know the harsh reality. Sorry, you're just not strong enough. You will not well, pass the test. There are three of them in some ways. There are three harsh realities that you can be told in the tower, which are you're not strong enough. We won't actually accept you as one of our number, which means that you can stay in the tower forever <laughs> as either a novice or an accepted, but you're never getting high enough to actually be an Aes Sedai, if that there's this training is just too much for you and if we keep doing it we're going to kill you so we need to stop it for your own safety therefore this is as far as you go and the last one which is our training is strenuous and you can't take it we're not gonna tell you that but you know it to be true. So you need to get the fuck out of here right now because you can't handle this shit. Right. It, it's, it's interesting as well because you've got, and, and I think this is something that Egwene sees pretty quickly. Uh, I think even Elaine sees it pretty quickly as they come, as, as they have a run in with someone, Nynaeve is shielded by one of the kin members. And she tries to break out of the shield. She's like, bish, you can't channel hardly nothing. I can channel mass amounts of power. And then she tries to break out of the shield and she can't. And the girl just sitting across the room is like, yeah, I can hold one of the forsaken shields are my abilities. And this is like, that's my talent. That's my talent. And I, I love this scene for two reasons. One, because like I said, also, Egwene isn't there. It's no, just no, Elaine I, and Nynaeve. No, you're right. But yes, you're correct. I, I said Egwene, then I went back to Elaine because it was, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yes, thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. But I love this part because 
you get you get naive it, it, it first of all it introduces a group of people who can channel who embrace and explore their talents where else do we see that at the tower the black tower las vegas Correct. that's right oh. and las vegas viva um, black tower the, <laughs> what happens at the black tower stays in the black tower except crabs that shit will follow you um same as vegas but when 90 tries when they start realizing that a these these women are older b these women have amazing talents because they're able to freely explore sidar i I mean i say freely because they're not allowed at all to channel (laughs) in the city but when they're out on the farms out away from society you know, because they've got this really brilliant rotational mechanism in place to keep them low profile. They're able to do some channeling, have a little bit of fun with it, explore it. And I just, I really love the aspect of a group of people who can channel, who kind of embrace that because of the white tower, you get a lot of, a lot of restrictions, a lot of rules, a lot of, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. And in a lot of ways it kind of hinders them. Um, we, we talked about the green Aja, the battle Aja, and how they're really kind of unable to practice or perform their art. What if they had a kin style setting and they were able to discover and explore talents that they may have? I mean, how much would we have death gates at the last battle without the help of Luz Theron if they were allowed to do that, if they were allowed to explore or be like that. And so you get the kin who, who, who embrace these talents, they explore Sidar um, and they do it in a really smart way. Um, and then you've got the white tower comes in and says, wow. Yeah. We need to get a handle on this again. Well, Egwene, the, the, the little tower, they say, yes. we need to get a handle on this again. This, this needs Saladar. to be a thing. Yeah. This, well, I mean- this needs to be a thing now. I mean, well, so the Ken is is uh, restrictive in their own right, mm. and oh, very much. There might there might be situations and ways where you just wind up kind of naturally uh, exploring a talent or something that you might have, but per the Ken's uh, rules, um, you're not allowed to try to get stronger because uh, they have seven seven primary rules. There's more rules than that, but um, basically everyone's subject to the rules. Uh, they obey any order of the eldest and of the knitting circle, which is like their governing body. Um, the eldest is just going to be, yeah, except, you know, effective. <laughs> Same goes for, yeah. Um, obviously, you got to keep the secret, you know, first rule about the kinswoman. You don't talk about the kinswoman kind of thing. Uh, hmm. Forbidden to claim to which be is why this tonight. episode will be struck from the records. Yeah. <laughs> By the White um, Tower. Yeah, the, uh, uh, you the gray Aja sitter is going to run back and be like, "They're talking about the kin." Yeah, uh, they couldn't claim to be Aes Sedai, uh, but in addition, they also couldn't do anything under any circumstance that would might might would portray them to be Aes Sedai. Uh, they're forbidden to attempt to learn more of the One Power or to increase their strength, skills, and abilities beyond whatever level they were when they left the White Tower. Uh, they can't use the one power outside of carefully defined circumstances <laughs> or a great need. 
and forbidden for anyone except a knitting circle or those named by the knitting circle to recruit other women put out of the tower or who have run away. Um, they, I mean, there's there's more rules than that. They also uh, they don't allow marriage. Uh, relationships with men are forbidden while in training. Um, impatient, impatience and hot-headedness are punishable uh, and forbidden. It's forbidden to speak of returning to the tower or to speak of recruiting girls who could be taught to channel. That was the other thing. They're not allowed to pull in people that could be taught to channel but haven't gone to the tower yet. That's right. Um, other wilders, if you will. Yeah. Uh, but they also, they, they changed the power hierarchy because the Ken does not operate based off of strength and the power. It operates purely off of seniority. Mm-hmm. So the oldest yes. member of the Ken, you know, whatever number of those, those are going to be the number that are amongst the eldest and probably a fair number of those will be who makes up the knitting circle. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah. It it well and again it's a very brilliant sort of system, right? They take a couple years, they rotate out away from the city, then someone else comes in, they spend there a couple years because I imagine over the course of, you know, a 100 years, they kind of get wise to the fact that hey, you know, someone's going to wonder why I'm not aging. Someone's going to wonder why I'm not dead and I'm at the ripe old age of like 130. Maybe I should leave for a bit and come back when nobody knows who I am and pretend like I'm 60. I'm going to go. (laughs) And when everyone I know is dead, then I can come back. That is that is absolutely vampire. All my friends are dead. Well, it's it's vampire (laughs) rules. I mean, Highlander rules. Highlander rules as well. Sure. Any sorry, it's immortal rules. I know that the kin aren't immortals, but they are. They are long enough in the lifespan to be to have to follow the immortal rules at least to a certain extent for a number of times. A number of rotations of the wheel. <laughs> yeah. And it was the, the 13 oldest or eldest, yeah, mm-hmm. the oldest members in, residing in Ebudar would make up the knitting circle. And then the oldest of that group would be the eldest. So you'd have 13 people that are like, okay, you're the governing body. And, you know, maybe the three or four oldest are the eldest. So they're, they're kind of like the de facto point to point leaders. Mm-hmm. Within the governing body. So, yep. And then, of course, there was a particularly special uh, position given to the oldest, oldest person who was in Ebodar at the time, which, when we come into the story, is. Rianne? Rianne? Thank you. Corley. I'm just calling her last name Corley. Yeah. I can say Corley. <laughs> Rihanna Corley. Rihanna Corley. R. And Corley. I think she's actually the eldest in all of the entirety of the kin. She just happens to also be in Abu Dhar when, uh, when the girls, when the Wonder Twins, Nynaeve and Elaine, the discover twins. them. <laughs> 
she happens to be rotated into Abu Dar and be the eldest of all of the kin, period, and also the eldest in Abu Dar. <laughs> she actually, yeah. um, she's actually a fun one too because she misses the Sean Chan attack. Correct. She's like, I'm going to go out to the kin farm to check on things. And while she's away, the Shan Chan come into Ebu Dar and they're like, oh, this is ours now. And she goes, yeah. oh, shit. Well, because at the point we meet her in the story, she's 410, 411 years old. Like, like 100 four years old. coming to my 411 birthday. <laughs> she's like 100 she's been... years older than Cadswain at this point. Like, yeah, because she's been out of the tower since like 614 any, because she was a novice the same time that uh, Cirilla began, the uh, who eventually became Oberlin Seat. They were yeah. novices at the same time in the tower. And she spent 11 years as a novice before. Uh, it wasn't that she didn't have the strength. She couldn't get over her feel for this. So like she went through the accepted test, came out panicked in the tower. was like, okay, yeah, you're not going to be able to do this. You're done. And that's, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing is why did the practice of putting a sister out of the tower and being done with them ever happen? Because I don't, I don't want to downplay someone's mental or emotional health. Okay. I don't, because obviously that's super, super important. It's something that we here at the black tower care deeply about. But if someone is having trouble passing because they're having trouble with, you know, steadfastness, uh, tenacity, courage, those kinds of things, it seems to me that you would be better suited, especially in a situation where you've got such a long lifeline, such a long time to be alive. It seems to me that if you have that much time, you can keep these people in and say, okay, let's work on some specialized training with you. Let's, let's take your weaknesses and make them strengths. This is, this is how, you know, the amazing people of the world uh, operate when they do, uh, when they do amazing things, it's because they worked hard to do them they practiced they they overcame weaknesses they did the hard things every single day to become better so it seems to me like this this practice of saying to someone oh you failed bye-bye you're gone and i I know it was more than that but you'll never progress beyond this point you're just you're just too sucky you you know Uh, why she failed right you know why she failed, right? She didn't fill out her resiliency form and turn it back into the first sergeant. So I'm so mad at you yeah, right now. You gotta I go. hate you so much right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, they were, it's either that or she was too honest on her resiliency form and they were like, yeah, <laughs> nope. Well, so this goes back to another discussion that we've had before. And I think that we can kind of go back and forth forever because again, this is just a principles difference or a morality right. difference or whatever. Because again, one of the things that I will always say is that personally and from an organizational standpoint 
I think that the Aes Sedai are doing it badly. I agree with that part. I will, however, also say that if you are putting together an organization and you have certain red lines that you are drawing because you think those red lines are important for your organization, then having someone not pass that red line or go over that red line, depending on which one is the problem, you need to stick to those red lines if that's what you're doing. And so again, my personal feeling is that the Aes Sedai have too many red lines and that they have a problem in their organization of overly reducing their numbers and things like that because their standards are nearly impossibly high in some ways. Yeah. But at the same time, I do respect the Aes Sedai in a lot of ways for actually following through with those red lines they have things that they say you must do this to be an Aes Sedai you must not do this to be an Aes Sedai and so anytime that someone actually does or does not fulfill those incredibly high standards they say I'm sorry you're done and again you only get one chance to pass certain things that's a red line. You only get one chance to do certain things. That's a red line. And again, this is a, you know, principles and morality issue of how much do you lose out on by actually having those stupid high standards or, or by actually following through on them when, you know, people don't make them or whatever. But in the end, I think that the Aes Sedai are doing exactly what they want to be doing as an organization. It just means that they're missing out on some people and they kind of don't care. And, and here's, I think this is actually kind of a beautiful moment where Robert Jordan shows us his understanding of a powerful organization, how they run. I, I love what you're saying about red lines because it's absolutely true. And even to this day, if you want to be a Navy SEAL or an Army Ranger or a combat controller in the Air Force, you've got to pass the test. Plain and simple. I know a guy, Gilbert, fantastic guy. He was an amazing dude, super cool guy to be around. And he was in the most amazing physical shape I've ever seen anybody in in my life. He left our shop to go train with pararescue. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be a PJ. And he was training with them and doing well, and things were great. And he his knee blew out in training. Okay. Yep. It was an injury. Yeah. It's it's totally understandable. Mm-hmm. People get injured all the time. Yep. He failed. They yep. they kicked him out of the course. Why? Yep. Because we need the best of the best. Yep. I'm sorry, your physical limitations do matter. And if you're injured doing a run, you know, a run with a backpack on, we can't have you getting injured behind enemy lines. That just can't happen. Correct. The, 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 the cool thing, the really interesting thing about this is that there's not a problem with this until you say, this is the red line. Here it is, and here it will stay. It doesn't matter what happens in the future. This is always, 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 always going to be the standard, period, end of story. 
Well, and and I do want to reiterate, I am, this is one of the reasons that I am personally against how the Aes Sedai do it is because they have the traditions to the max, the rules to the max of not seeming to actually reevaluate those standards, not actually seeming to change things. Right. And they do seem to be an organization that just adds rules over and over and over again without ever really removing ones that no longer serve them. Yes. And so you're in a Doesn't situation. Doesn't sound familiar at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does it? <laughs> no. But again, I and and that's again why I personally think that the eyes that I are doing it wrong, and and I think that you know both of my co-hosts here are also <laughs> on board with that particular thing. I can't specific specifically, but at the same time, I I think they do. But at the same time, I do also respect organizations. Sure, for absolutely having those things. I just respect you way more and think you're doing it correctly if you also change those on occasion. You, yeah, you, you. Don't get me wrong. There, there has to be a standard. I mean, yeah. you can't just. And and there's a lot of talk with this nowadays of you know how how heavily do you enforce the standard? I. That's a different conversation, in yep. my opinion. There right. is a standard. There must be a standard. You must meet the standard if you want to be in the club. Yep. That's just how it is. The problem becomes is when there's stagnation. And that's what we've talked about numerous, numerous times on this podcast. The problem with the White Tower is that they remain stagnant in too many things and it limits them. And we actually see this with the kin. The kin have some extremely restrictive rules on using the one power, on living their day-to-day lives. You're not allowed to get married. You're not allowed to talk about certain things. Like that's a very restrictive way to live. But through all those restrictions, they're able to explore Sidar and talents that they have. And, you know, the, the, the woman who can, who has a talent for shielding people, tell me she hasn't practiced that. Tell me she hasn't practiced that. Like, you know, she has, you know, she had a knack for it and was like, Hey, can I try something out? And you know, that on the, the farm, which is away from the city, which is away from most people, you know that they're out there exploring things with Sidar. Now they're not, you know, channeling through the Choden call and pulling attention of everybody within, you know, a hundred miles of them because they can feel their 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 presence. They're not playing with Tirangriel. They're not playing with Sangriel or Angriel, but they're playing with Sidar. And they're playing with Sidar without anybody telling them you can't do that. Don't well, do I that. think you can't do that. I think one of my favorite things is that a lot of them were put out of the tower because of their strength in channeling. Uh, is actually, I don't know about that. A, a lot is a, a number of them were put out of the tower because of their strength in uh, in channeling. And I think it's humorous that they could run around, you know, on a farm and be like, I'm not even strong enough for anybody even remotely near here to sense my channeling. I'm just going to fucking do it. Andrew, well, and what do you think? About all this. What was the question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts about all of the shit that we've just said? Because I feel like we have not really given you an opportunity to, to wax poetic here. Uh, I mean... 
I don't, I don't really know, like, how much I can say that would really be any different than what's been said. I mean, I mean that's uh, like it's, it's like the it's like the Ken is the <laughs> the light version free trial like oh. app of the White Tower that works better than the final product. Oh. <laughs> it just lacks the attention and power. That's like, shame. Oh. I mean, it is because like no, it is. You're no, and, you're again, not like, wrong. This is this is an example of a group of people that obviously share a, a common uh, struggle or a common cause or at least a common interest in the fact that they have been to the tower, they have wanted to be Aes Sedai, and for one reason or another, whether it was their skill or their or their will, were turned away. Um, or you know, in the rare, uh, relatively rare case, uh, in comparison to the rest of the members of the kin, uh, ran away from the tower. Yep. And they've created a home for themselves that winds up ultimately it comes in clutch for the forces of the light. Um oh, yeah. and with them kind of more out in the open and the Aes Sedai uh more well more Aes Sedai learning about them kind of becoming a bit public. Um they set things up to really create like a really potentially beautiful kind of relationship in between the kin and and andor. And the White Tower, you know, where those that wish to be retested because of their strength or whatever the case have that opportunity to do so, or at least that's what Egwene wants. Um, you know, it's unknown, obviously, if Cat Swain holds to that or not. I think she would. Um, and then those that don't, they kind of, yeah. Um, and then those that don't, they kind of stick with Elise, uh, who takes up a less informal leadership role with the group that takes up a, a essentially a, a permanent home in Camelin and provides healing and traveling for the citizens of Camelin. So I don't know. I, I like yeah, the dude, way they Camelin, do business. Camelin gets the best shit at the end of this. Like seriously, the yeah. black towers nearby. Yeah. Minus being sacked and half nearby. raised by Trollocs. I said post last battle. Oh. I- <laughs> I really love where you're going with that. <laughs> and I want to just kind of throw out in the chat that the the uh the kin almost have an anime protagonist level of motivation in some ways because a lot of them, though they're not allowed to talk about it, a lot of them harbor hopes of one day returning to the White Tower. We don't have you seen Chivalry of a Failed Knight? I have not. It, it reminds me a lot of that. Because you have a protagonist that... So you have all these people that go out and they train to be these fighters or for... I can't remember the reason. But like they have all these skills and these like special abilities and that kind of stuff. And he's like super, super skilled with the abilities he has. But like in terms of power and the, the way they measure everybody he fails every time. Like he fails all of their tests because he's just really skilled instead of being like really powerful. Um, and basically uh, it comes down to this thing where like he has to make it into like this big, like intercollegiate kind of competition uh, and win in order to be allowed to graduate finally along with all of his peers. But it's pretty, it's, it's a pretty good one. Um, I'd watch it. There's only like one or two episodes. You probably don't want to watch with like your parents around or something, but <laughs> that's just because that's anime be anime yeah 
True. And that, and that's kind of it, but but it brings up an interesting point because again, the, and that was kind of the point I was making earlier. You know, they say, "Oh, you you failed the test." Well, now you come back a hundred years later, and you pass the test with flying colors. How many opportunities has the white t- and in the story, you know, they want us to think that the white tower just turns them out because they didn't cut muster and okay, cool. But most, if not all of those women went to the kin. kin. So it, is it the will of the pattern? Is the kin a product of the pattern stating, no, you're going to need these women. You're going to need these women. You can't just excuse them and say bye bye and be done with them. You know, the arrogance, as it were. And Egwene's like, no, 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 no. We need every woman we can get. I'm Why don't we recruit? And the White Tower's like, oh, because, uh, you know, we don't. The kin doesn't actively recruit. Say so something to speak. that might get me in trouble here. I mean, they do actively recruit. But Elijah's like, fuck the kin, and the rest of the kin are like, the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. They actively collect women who were put out of the tower. They do not actively recruit. But the reason they actively collect women is to basically keep themselves off the radar and keep those women out of trouble and keep them from hurting themselves. It's actually a very benevolent cause. So that's actually what I was about to say, uh, is that I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble just a little bit. Okay, Um, here we go. When do we not? I said we, not you, we. We. No, no, no. The the royal we. We, we three. Oh, Oh, shit. Oh, I legit thought my internet just broke. Maybe his did. I thought mine broke. It's Daniel. Daniel Brown. Oh, um, screen Dan- crap. Yeah, screen cap. It, there, it, it, the first one was him being like this. My internet's connection sucks. It, it was great. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a great <laughs> picture. <laughs> right? So, okay. So I actually think that in this story, uh, things like Taviran and things like, you know, <laughs> this, that, and the other thing, and the pattern actually get a little bit too much credit (laughs) because anytime something goes particularly well for the forces of the light people go oh that must be the pattern doing great things and you're like is it though (laughs) because people are actually kind of dope like with some regularity like not always there are also shitty people out there don't get me wrong absolutely like, there are dope oh happened again <laughs> we lost him again this one's not as good though what was that daniel oh you don't say fucker. he didn't say <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is weird. It's rare that Daniel's the one with technical difficulties. Right? Hey, it's usually me. Oh, okay, oh, welcome back. Mind. 
Daniel, did Maybe. someone turn on your microwave? Go check the microwave. <laughs> it's always the microwave. It's the fucking microwave. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, you know what? I I gotta agree with him though, is that people are actually good. Like people are super awesome. People are amazing. There are some bad apples, but that right in the book, shouldn't. Right? Yeah, well, I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about in um, life, in the books. Oh, yes, I 100 percent of disagree. the above. <laughs> 100 disagree with the notion that people are are naturally good. I didn't say they're naturally good. I said oh, okay, people then. are generally good. Uh, most of the people pe- most people you will meet are good people they go to work they go home they want happiness for their friends and family they're good people most people operate under this umbrella of of a moral code of conduct there are very I... few people who are just assholes it's the, it's the one percent rule right one percent of the people will fuck it up for the rest of us. I'm of the opinion that, to what you said, that most people you meet will play the part out of necessity of the good person because of social convictions and restrictions and repercussions from society. But I don't think that mankind. I don't think that people are inherently evil. I just think people are inherently greedy. Um, everything you do in life is driven by desire. Like everything from as simple as like deciding you want to go lay down in bed. You do it because you want to. The only reason you don't go into the Apple store and just snatch the the new iPhone 13 or whatever is because you don't want to be in prison more than you want the iPhone 13. And social pressure tells you that you're not allowed to do that for their repercussions. So while I will say that I do agree with you to a certain extent about that, um, I am definitely personally one of the people who would not. And I think that both of the people that I am uh, actively engaged in conversation with at the moment are also not. Um, Now, again, that does not mean that your point is invalid. It's not. I think that you definitely have hit on a annoyingly large number of the population yeah and it again is that, is, that is actually a, that is the a majority it is a generalization of humanity so there Correct. obviously yeah. are no, no, no. exceptions. Ab- well, absolutely and that's why i'm saying i don't think your point is wrong even though i definitely know that not everyone is like that as evidenced by you know these three human beings <laughs> That doesn't mean that if you come up to me and say, hey, how are you going? And we talk, and I'm immediately sitting there thinking, like, what do you want? I generally don't think about it. So, yeah. Well, and I think there are three kinds of people in this world. When it comes people who down are to good it. at math and people who aren't. Exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. No, I, I feel like there are people who are benevolent. They're, they're inherently good. They go, I'm not going to steal that thing because it's wrong. No other reason. I'm not afraid of jail. I'm not afraid of it. I'm just not going to do it because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who, like Andrew had pointed out so beautifully, they really are. They're like, I would, 
but I don't want to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be arrested. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my whatever it is that they don't want to lose. And they ultimately have a selfish outlook on that because they say, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to be, uh, you know, inconvenienced in my life. You know, with jail. (laughs) Then you've got the third. Yeah, with jail. Exactly. And then you got the third kind of person who is, I don't give a fuck. I'll do whatever I can. I'll do whatever I want. Like, right to jail. That'd have to be like a whole, right to jail. A whole right other discussion. Because there's a, I oh, mean, absolutely. I gave the very convinced down version, like the concentrated Kool Aid um, of of my thoughts on the on the nature of humanity. And this isn't like, yes. Andrew over yeah, the yeah, past yeah, yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like no, Andrew's no. for at least the for last sure. eleven years. Um, there, there's a lot more to it, and a lot more subtlety that goes into it. Um, and a lot of, I'm actually sh- like terrified by how much stuff I can point to that that adds credence. I feel to the theory, but I mean, I, I don't think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's uh, to me, it's an unfortunate reality. Um, just like wanting very much to be an Aes Sedai and not being able to get over some kind of uh, either mental or emotional hiccup, or just the harsh reality of. You just weren't born um, with enough access to the power to reach the strength required because there are several that make it to the Aes Sedai testing and fail or either just, you know, can't fail for one reason or another power or, you know, the, the, what might seem more likely, uh, but probably isn't any more likely the whole, um, yeah, I can't handle this. Yeah. Yep. Well, and that's and and that's all I was trying to say with with what I was saying earlier. You know, if you've got a long timeline, if you've got a hundred years of life that you can utilize to train someone, that's a very long time. You think about it. Um, marine basic training uh, is three months, and you know, for all the shit I like to talk about, Marines, it's pumping out some of the best war fighters in the world right now and it's it's a three-month basic training that's that's three months to lay the foundation work for a 20-year career 20 years of essentially you know combat if you know if they have their way but when you've got 10 years 20 years 50 years 70 years to train someone to teach someone, to give someone the tools they need to succeed. And after, you know, because what most people spend a couple of decades as accepted before they're even allowed to attempt the test for the shawl. If you can't train someone to become an Aes Sedai in a couple of decades, you failed from a training perspective sorry that i i i will die on this hill uh if not in the military and the military training never failed though you failed (laughs) but whenever but whenever you pass and you succeed training succeeded training you it was the training it was the training it was so that's actually an interesting bunch of the castle that i will that i will throw out there is that again Josh, I very much respect what you're saying. I do. Please do not ever hear that I don't. But as we all know, 
there are certain people who are never going to be capable of certain things. 100%. Regardless of the best training that they could possibly have. Now, again, I'm not going to argue about how long that is, because obviously it's going to be different for different for everybody. Uh, if you pass them on to the right person, they might actually get it in another five years or another 10 years or another Absolutely. whatever. That's Absolutely. fine. I, I mean, all of that is accurate, but I will say that at some point there does need to be a limit. Sure. No, I, and I agree 100%. And I, and I don't, and we see this in Andrew, you can attest to this. I'm sure you've seen it during your career in the air force. There are times when people just don't get it. And no matter what you do, they don't get it and they never will. Mm-hmm. And the, you can try talking to them. You can try all Showing kinds them. of different communication. Example. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. You can try, you know, consequences. Some people are you can never going to understand calculus. There are things that just will not happen. And I don't want, again, I don't want my, I don't want my statement to come off as, you know, the white tire failed because I can't train everybody to do everything. That's not my point. My point is, generally speaking, when you've got someone who can't do something, you find a, a good leadership good training will find ways to cater that to that person so that even if they are not able to perform task a they are able to understand why they are unable to perform task a but they are also able to perform task b c d e and f with extreme efficiency and you should as a person who is uh, running a, a training program who wants to be marginally successful. Oh my God, the sunlight just hit me right. Everything's blowing up on me. If you want to be marginally successful in that, you understand the what you need from that interaction, what your trainee needs from that training, and you make sure that they have that. Um, so that even if they're never able to perform task A, you've got someone who is a competent participant in the other tasks that need to be performed. Because let's be honest, I said I don't just need to be competent at task A. They need to be competent in task A through Z. And, you know, therein lies the issue. Like, where, you know, is one of your red lines you can't do it. So therefore you can't do one out of the 120 tasks. Therefore you're gone. And the kin is like, okay, we get it. You were sent out because you can't do it. That's cool. Hang out with us. You can play with Sidar all you want on the farm. And what happens in a lot of those cases is that, those people who are unable to perform task a under the training in the white tower were able to find other ways of performing task a on the farm with the kin because they were left to there. And so I'm not saying it's a 100% fix all rule, but I am saying that when you're 
given people the freedom, your success rate will be much higher in the end with the same level of efficiency. And I think this is the lesson that the kin gives to Egwene and Elaine and the lesson that they learn pretty quickly, because let's be honest, Egwene and Elaine, as much as I like to talk shit about Elaine, she's super smart. She is a ridiculously smart person. Egwene, also a ridiculously smart person. So I want to draw a parallel to the real world here for just a moment. Uh, because again, I actually completely agree with you. And the thing that they figure out in the end uh, of the story, which I think is something that they were doing to a much lesser and less official extent during the story, um, is that they go, cool, you need to be, be able to perform every single of these 120 tasks without fail, flawlessly. And if you can't do that, you don't get to be an Aes Sedai. But you do go get to be part of the kin where you can figure out the 87 tasks that you do well, really fucking well. And we're yes. even going to help you do that. But this is actually one of the reasons that we're actually having such a problem in this country with police for example. Oh, here we go. Because the Aes Sedai are the police force in the United States where we ask them to do way too fucking much. Don't actually train them quite well enough to do all of those things and allow people who are not actually good at every single one of 120 different tasks to be a part of it and ask them to do those tasks that they're not good at, even though we regularly know that they're not good at that task. Now, again, I think that you're completely right, Josh, that that is a failure of institution more often than a failure of individual. Sure. However, I do think that if you allow people to be Aes Sedai when they're not good at all of those tasks, you start having a police force problem. Sure. And that's a big problem. You, you undermine this the confidence that people have in the organization. You actually have problems that are caused by people who can't perform up to the level that you need them to. And a lot of other things that have that are a problem in the organization. But <laughs> again, I'm not saying that all the police are bad. I'm not saying that the police are run like the Aes Sedai. I'm not saying any of this. Right, right, right. I'm right. just saying that it's a comparable organization in some ways of when you start to allow people to stay that can't do certain things. I know that you don't have 150 years to go ahead and have them get good, which right. you do for the Aes Sedai, but you do start to have real issues in certain areas. And again, you create other problems by not actually having the White Tower be up to its you know, possible strength and you know, lose out on certain talents and lose out on certain things, but you don't have a lot of other problems that are caused 
by not having those red lines or having them be soft or having whatever you want to call it. And again, I'm not saying that the police in in the United States are the enemy. I'm not saying that the eyes and I are perfect and that's how we should run our police. I'm not saying that the police are all always good. I'm not saying any of that. It's extremely nuanced. it's but it's an interesting point again, though. It, <laughs> like, it's an interesting an point that you make. Kind of similar. <laughs> it's it's an interesting point that you make because and and I'm just I'm throwing shade here. Okay, so 100 I'm throwing shade. All the Sedai were deemed good at 120 tasks, mm-hmm. and yet Black Aja exists. How Fair many? Enough. How many dark Fair friends enough. are in the kin? I un... I don't know that there were any. I don't know that that's confirmed. Yeah, I was going to say that's not. That does not feel confirmed at all. But I would be willing to venture a guess that there were significantly fewer dark friends among the kin. To be fair, though, Josh, be fair. what is if you are going to put all of your eggs into a basket because you actually really do have a certain number of resources, which organization are you going after? The White Tower or the Kin? I, I, I 100% okay. agree with you. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> I, Andrew, I get it. You <laughs> Grey Aja is like, she's like, yeah, yeah. but the kin sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's not what she said. <laughs> I like when Andrew talks. I I want to hear Andrew's thoughts. And then we're probably I, Do you know what I love? I love when we you and I get into it and Andrew has the look of a disappointed father at Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh no. I'm just, I'm just that's my default face. I'm just listening. I know it is. I know it is, but I yeah. love it because Andrew's over here like these two fucking failures at 35. They're still living in my house. Oh. Failure. <laughs> Fail yours. <laughs> No, but I, th- I think it is a, a good comparison, and uh, there there are obvious uh, and glaring distinct differences in between oh, yeah. uh, things like any police force, um, because uh, yeah, there are sections of police forces uh, around the world that you can point to that you know would be examples of how they do things better than ours does, and there's and a fucking abundant amount of ones that are like way fucking worse. Um, but uh but yeah there there are the there are differences and it's the important differences that nobody wants to talk about and it's nice that some people are still having the discussion um it's disappointing that so many people just want to yell shout and scream at each other rather than you know i don't know actually try to fix a fucking problem weird uh because You're over, the, over the years wrong, yeah yeah um one of the things that the white tower did well is they they did division of labor very well Correct. you have the ajas that all have their purposes that is what they go for if you're like okay we got a male chandler we need to go and get the reds are a pain in the ass but we're gonna take them we're gonna take the green aja because allegedly they're good at battle right and you know we'll allegedly. take you know either they know combat first aid or we'll take you know a yellow sister or two with us for first aid and you pick, you pull people to go and address the situation, and you're pulling from sections that specialize in those things. 
And that's where the big difference is with policing is because uh, over the past several decades, uh, the police force just became a catch-all for all things problem. And Correct. it simply doesn't work. You can't take a single entity and expect them to handle all of 5,000 different issues. And of the 5,000, even, even half, just let's say 2,500 issues require very different approaches and nuances. You can't expect somebody to be able to come in and have the mental fortitude and the confidence and the, the situational control to dominate a dangerous situation. And they're perfectly great at that. And they're perfectly great at marksmanship. And they're perfectly great at knowing the laws and doing all this. And then be surprised whenever they maybe fall off uh, on some uh, some avenues with negotiation tactics, with de-escalation to an extent. Um, and that's, again, it's going to be nuanced. You know, they might be really good at de-escalating whenever, you know, soccer mom is angry because she got busted running a stop sign talking on her phone versus, you know, PTSD vet having a full-on I'm back in Iraq kind of episode. So, so Rambo part one. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, those are the kind of conversations that uh, that people need to have. Um, well, correct. But and and how all this you know ties back to the kin is not to get too socio political. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it actually fits perfectly because how you get back to the kin on this is that the kin operated within the White Tower and they understand the need for a very high standard of behavior. And they tell people straight up, you will behave or you will be put out into the world and all hope of anything you ever wanted is gone. Like, period, end of story. You're done. And so Which, when of course, they, is ironic, but at the same time, you know. <laughs> but the kin, I, I feel like the kin in some ways, uh, please don't be upset with me, any Aes Sedai who are listening, but in some ways I feel like the kin does a better job with managing and training their recruits than the white tower does as evidenced by the, yeah, there it is right there. I got the, the dirty look from the, the, the sitter in the gray Aja. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she's the head of the gray. Aja. I think she's trying to hide that fact though. So, okay, Josh, I, I agree. And I, but I want to clarify something there and, and tell me if I'm wrong here and, and for speaking for you and anything like that. But I think more of what the, the kin do well is having more realistic standards that aren't based on anything but your behavior. Yes. And that's actually a big part of it is that the White Tower has behavior requirements i'm not saying that they don't but they do also have a number of requirements on things that you have to do that have nothing to do with choices that you actually get to make and everything to do with things you were born with or you know this that or the other thing and that is that is where they lose a number of members I think to those things that people have less to no control over rather than the kin who say, hey, follow the rules and you'll be fine. Right. And people go, I can do that. 
I am I'm physically and mentally capable of following the rules. Yes. I, I think the big I think the big difference is at the White Tower and in you know in my experience as a member of the Air Force, you had training with a purpose. So therefore you needed to reach this goal. Period end of story. And Blaming we are fists. going to put together a, a we're going to put together a PowerPoint and that's going to get everybody to this goal. And if someone doesn't get to that goal after they view this PowerPoint, and I'm triggering Andrew right now, I know I am. Oh God. <laughs> but if you don't get fuck your PowerPoint and the thumb drive it wrote in on. One one of, <laughs> one of the one of the comments I used to make, one of the snarky comments I used to make was when they would talk about literally anything. You know, there's a safety brief on a PowerPoint, there's a you know, sexual harassment on a PowerPoint. And, you know, my, my biggest joke was always, you know, I was going to do that thing, but last but week now we saw a PowerPoint on it. Right. And now I'm not going to do the thing. And so there's a very institutionalized methodology of training at the white tower. The kin has a very, uh, what's the big loose. What's the big, uh, Montessori schooling. That's the big buzzword in, in schooling in, in elementary and junior high. It's a Montessori school. We subscribe to the Montessori brand of education. And so the can is more, you know, Montessori, more, more free flowing. So long as you don't get us caught, so long as you don't get married and don't talk about the White Tower and don't talk about channel. That actually sound like no school districts right now. You're cool. You can do whatever you want. Just don't get us in trouble. You get us in trouble, you're yeah. fucking done. If you even look like you're going to get us in trouble, you're done. So as a result, oh. the kid is like, cool. So I can practice shielding people over here? Yeah, just do it out at the farm. Don't get us in fucking trouble. Cool. I mean, comparing the, the White Tower and the Ken seems a bit like comparing prison rehab versus AA. Ooh. You got one that's one that's just there. It has a very purpose-driven thing. You come in, you do this purpose, you serve your time, you follow the rules, and at the end of it, you might get what you want. Most likely not, but you might. And the other that is very community-driven, that is, hey, you know, we're here to help you. Let's talk about what's going on. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's here's the rules to getting back into society, and we're going to help you with that and get you into a position where you're safe. And there's two very different uh, approaches uh, that have, you know, obviously varying degrees of success depending on the individual. But that's what it feels like to me. I, I also I really like that comparison in a lot of ways, because, again, one of the reasons that. Uh, forced rehab versus AA the the forced rehab has such a has a much lower rate of success is yes. those two things number one uh it is voluntary aa is voluntary versus you have to go to this um not always no that's the court, point there's court ordered aa court ordered but that's that that's the point he's getting to but yeah, you've yeah. got a voluntary rehabilitation oh, well, yeah. versus yeah, punitive yeah punitive rehabilitation yes. like prison yes. and corrective rehabilitation like aa yes 
And right. again, I think that the other one that you hit on that that is one of the biggest differences is, is that community. Because again, in the White Tower, you have people who know each other and you do have Nynaeve, Elaine, and Egwene who are all very good friends and actually really help each other through the training and things like that. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. I'm not saying that that's... But at the same time, again, there are huge divisions within the tower and there are people who don't even fucking want to help you at all. And they're just like... I hope you get put out of the tower, motherfucker. Like that shit. Prison gangs. Right? Yes. And again, I'm not saying that AA and the kin can't be clicky. I mean, they, that's human beings. That is human nature. I'm not saying that that doesn't exist, but it definitely Apparently. has more of a community feel. It definitely has more of a we're here to help Uh attitude about the whole thing rather than a all right listen here motherfucker you're gonna go to your lessons and then after your lessons you're gonna wash fucking pots and then after your pots you're gonna go to more fucking lessons and if you don't learn this by the end of next week we're gonna beat the shit out of you and you're like and kick your ass out now that sounds like the military i'm used to I'm not saying that that can't be effective for certain institutionalized training. And I'm not saying that that can't be good at communicating certain things to certain people and, and all of that, but there really is just a huge difference between that kind of institutionalized stuff and the community driven. Hey, we want you to be here. We want you to stay what can we do to help you get to where you need to be? What can we do? And Oh, you fell off the wagon? We're actually really, really sorry to hear that. You do get demoted back down to, you know, you you get your chip taken away or, you know, you can't claim nine years of sobriety or anything anymore. But we're here to get you back to nine years. We're not here to tell you how much you fucked up and kick you out. We're here to get you back to nine years. And so, again, I, I really think that that is not a bad comparison. And you fall off that horse, you get right back up, and you eat that horse. <laughs> Wait a second. That's exactly what the kin does. They eat the yeah. horse. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, military is definitely that way. They're like, hey, here's your 14-hour duty day. Uh, you get no breaks. Um, you should have been an adult and brought your food with you. And we're going to give you exactly eight hours of off time. That starts as soon as we say you're free to go. Doesn't matter if you've turned in your shit yet That's or not. That's true. Uh, so go get your eight hours of sleep and uh, you have a PT test in a month that we're going to give you no time to go and work out and, you know, prepare for it. Because oh. you need to find, you, you need to sacrifice. You should be doing that, that on your own time. You should be doing that on your yeah. own time. Oh, and uh, if you don't have volunteer stuff hours. on your EPR, you're a trash service member. So That's right. you can't um, sleep and eat and work out in the eight hours so, that you provide. Get the fuck out of here. So final thoughts on the kin. Final thoughts on the kin. I really do think that they are a, a, a mechanism of the pattern to sort of safety net scoop up all of that talent for the last two to three to 400 years that the White Tower is going to need at the last battle. At Tarman Gaiden, the pattern says, okay, White Tower, you kind of suck right now. 
you're you're sending away a lot of really awesome people. I'm gonna kind of help make a place for them to hang out. Um, they're very smart. Much credit, you motherfucker. I do. The wheel weaves as the wheel wills. Yeah, sometimes people as the pattern wills, dickhead. (laughs) I mean, but the people themselves. And as I was getting to, if you just be patient, uh huh, yeah, the people themselves actually have a very smart way of managing and running themselves to make sure that the Isodai don't come in and break them up and and be crazy. Um, it's a great organization. It's a great. We we didn't even really get to talk about because we got distracted. We didn't really even get to talk about the impact they have on the books. I mean, they're present and actively participating in the Bowl of the Winds. They're present and actively participating in numerous battles at Tarm and Gaiden. They are so amazing as an organization. And there are those who are allowed to retest. And Egwene is even like, I like the kin so much that this should be the White Tower retirement program. I like the cut of these kin's jibs. <laughs> so the kin, as far as I'm concerned, they are on <laughs> par with. You know, you'd like a nice 401k, but how about more rules? I I, I feel like it's just a great. Best I can do is more rules. I mean, obviously, there's going to have to be some evolution. If the kin is unwilling to evolve their rules, then they're going to fall. Eventually, they will fall in the same trap as the White Tower did, because the kin is. 400 approximately years old the white tower is 3000 years old so there's a difference they're not the same but in 400 years we the kin has managed to do a number of things that the white tower never managed to do so it's a good place to be so it's a good place to be so that's amazing that's what you can do if you're thoughts. not bogged down in tradition weird right <laughs> And, and that was a big thing with Bruce Lee. He talked about being bogged down in tradition is just limiting yourself. It's just finding creative ways of limiting yourself. Yep. No, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I agree with a lot of, I, I think that the kin. I like the kin and I like their Excuse place you. in the story. What? Oh, I just said, excuse you. Oh, it was my phone. It started. <laughs> Likely right a story. Yeah, I figured. I'm getting a call from Scam Likely. <laughs> so nice of them to go ahead and oh, they check call in you on too? me every goddamn day. Scam Likely calls me all the time. Yeah, no, Mr. Likely is so, so nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I... All right, so here's the thing. I'm going to be nice to the Aes Sedai for once. And it hurts me to do so, but uh, I'm going to be nice to the Aes Sedai here for a second. I actually think that the Aes Sedai knew about the kin, which they did. I mean, that's confirmed, but I think they knew about them from the beginning. And as soon as a collection of women started to get together and do things outside of the White Tower with women who could channel, I think the Aes Sedai went, we can't endorse that, but I like what's happening there. Let's let that keep happening and never shut it down and even actually help them do what they're doing. 
to a certain extent. Because again, we're too big and powerful and too up our own butts, which is where I'm going to not be nice to the Aes Sedai for a second, uh, to actually bring them into the White Tower or have an offshoot of the White Tower where that's allowed. But since somebody already made it, we're happy to let that continue and even assist. And so I think that, to be fair, the Aes Sedai have actually tacitly been you know, kin retirement plan, kin uh, burnout plan, kin runaway plan, like, the whole fucking time? (laughs) And really, the only thing that's going to truly change is the kin don't have to be secret anymore, and the eyes that I can officially recognize them. Like, that's, and, but again, let me, those are huge. Those are huge things. I'm not saying they aren't, but also, like, they're not everything. <laughs> and so I really do think that the kinswomen were just a group of like-minded individuals who found each other and helped out. They are what the White Tower started as. They are the White Tower without limiting themselves. They are the White Tower without thousands of years of tradition that are bogging themselves down and suffocating their ability to do shit. I also think that there is a lot to be said in the fact that there's, you know, a leadership difference there as well, uh, which I think is also important um, of what is important in terms of of morality and principles and, and this, that, and the other thing as well. But I really do think that, that the kin are a lot of the best parts of what the eyes that I have lost Um, I love that. And that given enough time, they could absolutely become the White Tower or they could become better. Um, And I don't necessarily know because the story stops when it does what happens to the kin and whether they do become everything that they sought to fight against um, or whether they become better. Uh, I do definitely think that it helps to have such an example to look at and say, we don't want to be that, so let's not be that. Uh, But at the same time, I I don't know. There's a lot to be said about, you know, if the kin never actually were truly discovered and brought into the fold, whether they would just turn into the White Tower eventually. Uh, it's it's hard to say, but again, I I think that the pattern had nothing to fucking do with it. The creator had nothing to do with it. People are threads in the pattern, and so technically, you know, the pattern wanted it. But I think it's just threads. I think it's threads helping threads, and they're they're just good people, and they grabbed each other and held on to each other, and it's this you know beautiful community-based thing and that they can really are just people helping people and that's one of the reasons that i've always liked them even though i still think that there are things they do that are problematic i really really appreciate people helping people and that's what the kin is anyway fair enough (laughs) um i i don't really think there's much more than i can than i could say uh, I did about say the a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think that's the Ken is a less obvious example of the the kind of uh, not the kind of the central of the time theme of balance that they provide uh, or they could serve as a guide and a potential counterbalance to what is one of the more strict uh, aspects of the White Tower. Um, mm-hmm. And it does seem like it's a group made of people that were like, hey, we saw how mom and dad did all of, well, mom, I guess technically, um, did all of this stuff and how strict mom was and why. And we're going to do things a different way. But we also don't want mom to find out. But like always, mom always knows. <laughs> um, mom knows. Don't yeah. lie to yourself. She knows. Yeah. But they have the privilege of seeing how the White Tower is run and knowing the story of the White Tower for the past 3,000 years plus. Oh, no. Last 3,000 years, uh, roughly. And it's really easy to sit on the outside of something and point a glaring finger at all the things that are wrong and then change those, or it's easier. Um, Generally, it's very easy to point out what's wrong and then it therefore becomes easier to construct your organization in a way that doesn't have these same pitfalls. Uh, Do they have pitfalls? (laughs) Yeah, glaringly so, uh, because the nature of humanity is imperfection. So, Absolutely. But I don't know. I, I like the Ken. Um, they were pretty cool. They were a neat addition to the story. They weren't one of my favorite additions. Or, you know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the Ken and what the Ken does and what the Ken means. I mean, you know, uh, to me, it, it kind of it is what it is. To to me, mm-hmm. the Ken is exactly what it presents itself at face value, which I think is fairly sure. refreshing because there's a lot of organizations in the Will of Time that aren't what they present themselves to be. The White Cloaks obviously aren't what they present mm-hmm. themselves to be. Uh, the White Tower isn't what it presents itself to be. Um, and you can go all the way down to the individual people. I mean, um, just a lot of I L are, Yeah. Uh, IL are pretty are pretty much exactly what they present themselves to be. Just they don't know all of their own history. So uh, <laughs> there is that, true. which a lot of which a lot of people in our own day and age are guilty of. Um, yep. You know that's the the importance of history. If you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. So uh, read history. And whenever shit starts looking fucking familiar, something's probably fucky. There also, if there's they're my, there's books, my life advice. Read them. There it is. Yeah. All right. Well, is that the was, people is that, that care what you about got? your children and human rights have never been the ones that ban books. Just remember that. Oh, there it is. There it is, right there. Yeah. All right. Well, is that it? Is that your final thoughts on the can? Plus a couple other things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for watching. Hey, did we get something wrong? Leave it in the comments. Did we miss something that is inherently important to the kin that you think we needed to discuss? Leave it in the comments. Tell us that we missed it. Uh, you know what? We love doing this. We love having a great time with this. Um, we love the Wheel of Time, as you probably also do. So after you're done listening to this episode, go to thegreatblight.com because they're awesome people as well. Go to blacktowerpod.com because you're going to need all of your Black Tower podcast goodness for JordanCon that's coming up in a couple of weeks. 
it's going to be amazing. You need to be there. We gonna be there. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And we hope that you're just a little bit more insane than you were when you first started this episode. From all of us here at the Black Tower, I have been Josh, your Sorovan Mahal. And I have been Andrew, your Bajan Mahal. And I have been Daniel, your Amon Khan Mahal. And again, we will all see you all next week. Thank you very much for being here. We love you. You're great. Uh, And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Trouble just fitting in.